When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Hi, Andy. Hi, Art. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Good, good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I'm just okay. I love Football so much. (laughs) (laughs) Art is a sports enthusiast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Listeners, I hope today that you are some alien enthusiasts because, Andy, we've got a topic uh, out there in the stars. If you've got clothes on, I hope it's alien wear because... (laughs) Today, we're talking about extraterrestrials. <laughs> That's a brand of computer. <laughs> That's a brand of computer. Okay. Thank you. I don't know why that sounded kind of dumb. Yeah, you sound like a freaking idiot. Yeah. Uh, folks, today we're talking about an extraterrestrial race of beings known as the Lyrans. That's right. The Lyrans are a very interesting UFO race, and uh, we're going to deep dive into all the... All the sensual details, all the words written on a page about them. (laughs) And if you can't wait, if you're desperate to hear more, you know what you should do? Check the timestamp in the show notes, whatever podcasting app, website or service you use. Look at the show notes right there is the timestamp. Skip ahead. Get to the research. Otherwise, stick around right now because Art and I are going to give you a little story about how we ended up in the bunker today. That's right. For us, the whole enchilada is not just the research. It's not just the discussion. Mm-hmm. It's it's the whole story of how we got to be where we are today. Succinctly put, Andy. I love it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. each week, Mr. Bunker captures us in a new, clear way. And Andy, let me tell you. Yeah. Is there anything better in this world when it is getting uh, it's getting cool out there? No, there's nothing better. And uh, you oh, there's wake more. up in the morning and it's it's nice and kind of cool in your mm-hmm. in your room and you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, it's kind of cold even a little. And mm. you uh, you hop on over to the shower and you uh, 
you just start up a nice, steamy shower. You draw a hot shower. Oh, yeah, you draw a hot shower, and it's so nice and warm, and it's warm to the perfect temperature, Andy. And you're just sitting there, and you're like... Sitting there? Oh, yeah, I can't wait to get into this fucking shower. You got a shower stool? Oh, yeah. I got a squatty potty for my shower. You just can't wait to get in there, Andy. Ooh, the steam is billowing up from this hot shower, and you can't wait, and you get in. Oh, and it's so good, Andy, this hot shower. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, because you, your body's like kind of cold, and this hot shower is putting you at the perfect temperature. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so perfect. And the steam is building up, and you're just washing all over, and you're flipping back and forth, getting a little front action, getting a little behind action. You know what? Spread the cheeks, get in between the crease. And you're just saying, Ooh, just a little more, please. Ooh, I just want to stay in a little longer, please. You know, Andy, when you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's every morning for me. You just want to stay in that shower just a little longer, please? Yeah. <laughs> like a little little baby, you scream out. But Andy, you got to leave the shower, right? Because you got to go to work. You got to do whatever. You got errands to run. Like all babies, you have to leave the warm, liquid environment of the womb and go rushing out into the real world. Let me tell you, Andy, I didn't leave the shower. I couldn't. There was something about the water in my shower. Andy, that was so comfy and so warm and so good that I just couldn't leave. And I just kept just enjoying the the shower so much. And eventually, I started to prune up. Yeah, that'll happen. And, you know, at first it was just my fingertips and whatnot. And I thought, oh boy, okay, maybe I should think about getting out soon. Because it's probably Mm -hmm. been way over 10 minutes in this hot shower. And then I started to prune up even more way faster suddenly my whole body is pruned and i look i i look like a, i look like a prune andy my whole body is just covered with you know how your fingers get all uh, wrinkly and gross and i'm so pruned that i can't move the elasticity of my skin has uh has stopped working andy your your skin lost its ability to move yeah and before i know it A giant hole opens up in my shower drain, and I am flushed down the shower drain. Flushed down the shower? Flushed down the shower drain. And I am plopped up back here. I shot up down the shower. I took a slip and slide, like a fucking luge ride through the the drains, and then I shot up through the shower in the bunker shower. Mr. Bunker constructed an elaborate water slide from your shower to the bunker shower? I think he did something to my water heater to make my water uh, just perfect and extra pruny. <laughs> extra pruny? He might have made some hard water <laughs> or soft water. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what makes you more pruny. Sounds like this water made you hard. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, I think it would make anyone hard. You- Delicious hot shower. Just a Wittawongo Pui. So, so Please. You, you just couldn't leave the shower? I just couldn't leave it, Andy. It was so comfy. You weren't restricted in any way until your skin dried out. No. Well, your skin pruned up so bad. Is pruning drying out or is it? Uh... Uh, I believe that the pruning is the result of 
your skin trying to achieve equilibrium mm. with its environment. And so the cells take on more water okay. uh, to respond to this wet environment. And the result of that in your the appearance of your skin is that there are then those gaps as the yeah. cells swell in certain parts. Well, luckily, uh, after I shot up through the shower, Bunker ringed me out. Uh, <laughs> just on a, like on a one towel, of those, like machines that you use to like, uh, you know, like almost like a pasta machine, a pasta making machine just kind of rang out all that water. out. Oh, of like some sort of a press. Yeah. Like a press machine. <laughs> all the water shot out. Yeah. How much water was in you? <sighs> Gallons. <laughs> Gallons. Yeah. Anything you had to drink today from the bunker? It's my body. That's water. your body water. Is it filtered? <laughs> I don't know. It's filtered through art. It's got a lot of pure sick cloudy. It's cloudy with a chance of meatballs, I guess, if it came through you. <laughs> oh, what? Because I'm Italian? Yes, precisely. Jeez. Andy, that's how I got here. I took a Jeez. nice hot shower. <laughs> Mr. Bunker saw you naked. He's seen me naked before. I think he's seen you naked too. Yeah, he stripped me naked. He before. stripped you naked. Yeah. So you've both been fully nude. I mean, at this point, we know Bunker so well. It's like. You know, I've never seen him naked. That's true. We've never seen him naked. Maybe it's about time we see him naked. Hmm? What do you think, Mr. Bunker? Listeners, if you want us to see Mr. Bunker naked, <laughs> tweet at us. <laughs> you want to know what Mr. Bunker's like nude? Link us your DeviantArt. <laughs> Let's see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your your fanfic pictures of nude Mr. Bunker. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll describe them live on the podcast. Oh, man. Andy, uh, <clears throat> how did Mr. Bunker bring you here? Well, my uh, my story is a little less comfortable okay. than yours, Art. Um, you know, contrary to what I think popular belief is about me. Oh, boy. Here we go. I do occasionally enjoy the outside of doors. Um I think you, I've never said anything about you not liking outdoors. No, no. Uh, you go outside a lot, a lot more than me. Yeah, I'm, I have to. I will look for ways to not leave my house. Um, but so I, I, I occasionally enjoy something outdoorsy. Sure. Um, I also enjoy being a human art. I like being a human. Uh, uh, I like being a human and being able to force animals to do things for me. Okay. So it should come as no surprise to anybody. When you say it vaguely like that. That I'm a fan of horseback riding. Are you really? I love horseback riding. Okay. But I'm a bit of a novice, okay? Okay. I don't not, I, I mean, how often do I get to ride a horse, right? Not often. So, you know, I decided. Save a cowboy, ride a horse. <laughs> right, exactly. I want to have sex with a horse so this morning i headed out to the far northwest suburbs of chicago for by myself for a nice day of course you would never bring your family no, along for a fun trip this. right this is about me i headed out to the far northwest suburbs for a nice day of of just sitting on a majestic creature while it walked okay uh going on a trail uh well you know yeah this is a place where this is the place i went to uh, is called uh, Genghis Khan Academy. Um, uh huh. It's a great place. I mean, they have the trails. They have the horses. It's they've. It's beautiful horses, by the okay. way. Okay. And the Genghis th- Khan Academy. Right. The thing at Genghis Khan Academy that what they do is they train you 
to ride like they do on the Mongolian steppes. Okay. So you train like a Mongolian like horseman. A Mongolian warlord. Right. So, I mean, there's advanced, I mean, they have these, like, they teach you that there's advanced classes in shooting bow from horseback, raiding cities, riding threateningly. Wait, what, wait, what was that second one? Uh, raiding cities. Oh, okay. Yeah. They do it all. They do it all there. They have all it's these the things. whole package here at Genghis Khan Academy. Right. Genghis Khan Academy. So, needless to say, I mean, I didn't do the advanced stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a novice, right? Right. I'm a, I'm a little bit green. I'm a neophyte when it comes to horseback riding. So, uh... I have a great time though riding around the Genghis Khan Academy sure. grounds. Okay, um, my horse Temujin uh, <laughs> could not have been sweeter and more forgiving. I mean, even for me, uh, this horse was so sweet, so forgiving. Okay, just like my wife, who I often compare to a horse. <laughs> what? So after my ride, okay, <laughs> I'm hanging around the stables, admiring these sexy horses when. I start to hear this fanfare, like, you know, like trumpets, mm-hmm. like brass instruments. Uh, this piques my curiosity. Naturally. Okay. I, I step out of the stables uh, and I look at where in the, in the direction I hear this fanfare. And what do I see? None other than the great Khan himself. Wow. Riding toward me. Yeah. The great Khan. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Well, still alive. Actually, I said Genghis Khan, but it's actually... Genghis Khan. That's right. That's so my bad to our Mongolian listeners. That's right. Genghis Khan. Genghis. Uh, I see the great Khan riding toward me. So look, let's be honest here. I'm dumb, right? But you said it. Look, I'm dumb, but I'm not so dumb that I think this is actually the factual Genghis Khan, right? I'm not that stupid. You think it's probably just someone who has to dress up. Genghis Khan died hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I know it's an actor, okay? I I know it's an actor, uh, Andy. I mean, I I don't. I guess I would have to be there, but you're telling me that you believe I it was an actor. The Khan. I, I'd like to think that maybe you were fooled for a second. I don't know the actor's name, so I'm going to call him Genghis Khan. Okay, but I know it's an actor. So Genghis Khan, he approaches me, and two riders come from the sides to to flank him. Okay, and I'm starting to get worried. Right, obviously, they're riding directly at me. I mean, the sight of Genghis Khan riding to you should scare anybody, right? Right. So the flankers speed ahead of the Khan, and I can see they've got a net. Oh, no. I mean, you can see where this is going. I start to run, but obviously, they're on horseback. They easily catch up to me, and I get entangled in this net. Wow. Uh, Next, like, they're dragging me. They strap the net to the back of the Khan's saddle, and the Khan just starts riding along, dragging me uh, behind his horse, and he comes all the way to the bunker. The Khan drops the net from the horse, and I'm just laying there, like I like, right, you know, and uh, defeated. The net all of a sudden just gets up and walks away from me. What? The net was Mister Bunker. Oh my god! And Genghis Khan is his friend. <laughs> The actor playing Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah, not the real. Okay. Not the real Khan. <laughs> we don't know. Mr. Bunker I mean, may be a Mr. Tra- Bunker's time mysterious, traveler. but yeah. the actor, at least, that was playing the Khan is Mr. Bunker's friend. Wow. And then he was dressed up like a net. Yeah, his He costume, really put his body on the line. He didn't need to do that. 
He's surrounded. I mean, if anything, this was the sweetest abduction there's ever been. Because uh, I think the pie is the sweetest abduction. <laughs> yeah, but think about this. He he sacrificed his body to protect me. I mean, it hurts still. Yeah, nets have holes. Yeah. I'm sure lots of little rocks and sticks and stones got in there as well. And like, yeah, I don't know how he managed the holes, like how he turned his body into a filament, but he did. Wow. The length that guy goes to, man. I mean, he, this is... You this know is, a lot at uh, Genghis Khan Academy, huh? Yeah, Genghis Khan Academy. Genghis Khan Academy. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, seriously, if you... I had a great experience before I got captured because I don't think that had anything to do with Genghis Khan Academy. I think this was a rogue Genghis Khan who... And this is by no means an offshoot of Khan Academy. No, no, not you affiliated. you cannot learn horse riding. Not affiliated. For some fucking reason. <laughs> it's forbidden. God damn it. Uh, Khan Academy teaching me all about science and math, but not horse riding. Right. If you want horseback riding like they do on the Mongolian Steps, head to Genghis Khan Academy. Uh, look up their website. It's a great place. I had a, I had a good time. Uh, like I said, beautiful, sexy horses there, and <laughs> the instructors are great. Andy, quit calling this horse is sexy, okay? <laughs> it's fine if you can admit that an animal is sexy. <laughs> I don't like horses very much. Oh, yeah, you're anti-horse. Yeah. Not into them. I've never ridden one. I don't know. Maybe I need to give it more of a chance. Uh, I suggest Genghis Khan Academy. They'll get you set up right. <laughs> I don't know. You got captured there. I don't know if I want to go Yeah, there. I mean, Bunker could find you there because he already obviously has some sort of inroads. He's in got an in. But I, like I said, I think this is a rogue con. I don't think that this is this is not a Genghis Khan Academy sanctioned con. We don't want to disparage Genghis Khan Academies across the U.S. No, no, no. Genghis Khan Academy seems like a legitimate business and a good place to learn horseback riding. This con that captured me who was affiliated with Mr. Bunker, I think is an actor or possibly someone who is deeply confused and thinks that they are Genghis Khan. Well, speaking of uh, illegitimate businesses to learn about stuff, uh, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, we got a fun little episode today on some uh, exciting UFO races. The, what a segue. The uh, uh, Lyrians. 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 Excuse me. Um. Uh, yeah, Andy, I mean, let's just jump into it. You know, I had never heard of Lyrans before. Yeah. Uh, this is new to me. Yeah. They're a very interesting race of UFO uh, species, I guess. that Extraterrestrials. Uh, extraterrestrial that uh, may or may not have visited us. Yeah. Or done a lot of other things that we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll dive into it. We'll dive into it. Um, they could have been could have been responsible for a lot of things. That's right. Uh, so let's dive into it. Here are the Lyrans on... What? This is the Mr. Bunker's podcast guarantee. Every time Art says Lyrans, he's going to say it in a different way. <laughs> Lyrans? <laughs> it yeah. looks like Lyrans to me. Well, yeah, but it's like the constellation. We'll talk about that. All right. Talk about constellations here in Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Listeners, art. Yeah. Allow me to start with a declaration. Okay. We are not alone in the universe. Oh. That's right. Whatever your opinion about intelligent life outside of Earth, you must admit life exists beyond the surly bonds of our home world. 
I suggest, in fact, that our universe is likely teeming with life, microscopic or otherwise. I once read a hypothesis, which I've mentioned on this podcast before, positing that life on Earth was transmitted from outer space. Essentially, space-faring viruses or bacteria, I'm no biologist here, so I don't know which is the appropriate organism to say, hitched a ride on a space rock that crash-landed on Earth. The organism had in its cells a veritable library of DNA accumulated from every other creature and or plant it inhabited. These little organisms flourished on Earth, giving rise to the biodiversity we see on this planet. Ooh-wee! God damn! That was such an impassioned speech! It almost gave me an organism, Andy! <laughs> Good lord! Woo! Let me cool off here! All right, I'm cooled off. A, I poured some cold water. Yeah, I poured some of that shower water on your genitals. Yeah, okay. Let's get back on track. Okay. Life beyond Earth. Listeners, it's clear that Andy thinks life is out there in some form. Did you know, though, that some people believe that our universe is populated with a variety of alien races? Well, they do. Today, we're boarding our little spaceships and blasting off. Headed for that giant whole enchilada in the sky. So strap in and strap on and come along for the ride. The focus of our research today is on a race of extraterrestrials called Lyrans. The Lyrans are so-called because, from the perspective of Earthlings anyway, Lyrans originated from planets in the constellation Lyra. Now, as the resident Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast astronomer, that's right. Let me share a bit about the constellation Lyra. The name Lyra is the Latin word for lyre. Ah, like a uh, old school guitar. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a harp. Oh, uh, a lyre is a small stringed harp-like instrument. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you could have just read two read two ahead. words forward in the script. Ah. Uh, Lyra, the constellation, is often represented in uh, constellation or star maps by an eagle or a vulture carrying a lyre. Now, Andy, I'm interjecting here because, um, not because I'm embarrassed about my guitar comment, but I'm here to remind you that constellations are seen from a lot of different parts of the world. Lyra, in fact, is visible. Lyra, sorry, in fact, is visible in temperate uh, northern hemisphere climates all the way to almost Antarctica. (laughs) In the southern hemisphere during the summer months in the northern hemisphere, which are winter months in the southern hemisphere. Did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Summer months in the northern hemisphere are the winter months in the southern hemisphere. Right. So while the constellation generally goes by a Latin name now, it was known to more than just the Romans and the Greeks. Libra was known to Incan astronomers in what is now South America as... Ooh, hang on, I got it. Urchuchile. 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 I was so fucking... <laughs> Who is a llama god that watches over animals. But this story isn't all like the third track on the 1998 Brian Wilson solo album Imagination, which we all know. All right. Now, since I know that probably almost nobody listening gets that reference, and I'm almost certain that Art doesn't get it. I said it. Uh, 
The track in question is called South American. So you could have just written in the script that the story isn't all South American. Yes, Art, that's true. But I got creative. I think you should always try to use your imagination. Really let him run wild. Mm -hmm. Definitely still keep an eye on Summer, but... uh, Oh, no. Art, don't cry, Dream Angel. Oh, I'm weeping. Lay down burden and think about the better times to come. There'll be sunshine and happy days. Sure, you might wonder, where has love been? Well, just let me tell you my secret to happiness. She says that she needs me, and that's good enough for me. You know, I honestly hope there is someone listening who got all those references. Hey, if you enjoyed that even a little bit, uh, let us know. There's got to be a Beach Boys fan out there somewhere. Anyway, Andy, would it be all right if I continued talking about the constellation Lyra? It's fine. We're here to talk about? Yes. Go for it. Capiche? Okay. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that the Incans weren't the only non-Europeans with sights on Lyra. Let's not forget about our friends in Australia. The Aboriginal Boorong people know Lyra as the Malefowl constellation. The Malefowl is an Australian bird that rarely flies in distinctly related to the chicken. How was that? That was good. Those D's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Wow. Listeners, with another trip to Australia in the books, (laughs) let's talk about some of the astronomical features of Lyra, shall we? Lyra is home to the sixth brightest star in our sky, Vega. Mm. Lyra also features a binary star, which is where two stars orbit around a central point. They're like locked in this gravitational hold. Okay. Uh, there's a, also in uh, Lyra, there's a multiple star system, which is where uh, multiple stars are orbiting around each other, uh, which this multiple star system consists of at least five stars. Check it out on Yelp. And Lyra is also home to the Ring Nebula, which is a shell of ionized gas surrounding an elderly star a star in the last stages of its life uh which is one of the more like photogenic uh uh things in our uh, near galaxy okay um so i guess what you could say art is that there's plenty to see in lyra so now that we know a little bit about lyra uh in the astronomical and historical senses let's talk about the beings who allegedly come from lyra okay lyrans was it Lyrans? Lyrans? Lyrans. Oh, boy. Are an ancient race of humanoid beings, some of which, Andy, are ethereal. Mm. That is, existing in dimensions other than our own. Okay, other Lyrans, uh, though, exist primarily in the same dimension as Earthlings. So, you know, they're corporeal. Yeah. Uh, at this point, we should corporeal mention... Corporeal punishment. <laughs> boy. Me listening to me read this is corporeal punishment enough. (laughs) (laughs) All of our (laughs) listeners are suffering corporeal punishment. (laughs) At this point, we should mention that Lyrans typically get credit for seeding a good portion of the intelligent life in our galaxy, Andy. Okay. The Lyrans are like the trunk, and so many other beings are branches in their family tree, including humans on Earth. The story goes that Lyran, that the Lyran beings came to Earth in order to colonize it, and spliced their own DNA in with existing life on Earth, like apes. Eventually, these creatures became the human beings we know, and occasionally, 
love today. <laughs> there are a number of different varieties of Lirans, uh, each with its own unique appearance and characteristics. First, let's talk about Caucasian Lirans. <laughs> okay. These are these Lirans are light skinned, light eyed, and uh, have varying body styles. Um, the most common type of Lirin is the Caucasian Lirin. And this is also the type of Lirin which is allegedly most responsible for modern human DNA on Earth. Though these were not the first Lirins to arrive on Earth. No, they were not. Uh, that distinction belongs to darker skinned Lirins, okay. uh, who are also called vegan Lirins or just vegans. Uh, not, not to be confused with vegans. That's right. These are vegans. Uh, these are Lyrans who have, as you probably already guessed, darker skin and features than the Caucasian Lyrans. The Vegan Lyrans arrived first on Earth because Vega is closer to Earth than some of the other planets that originated these Lyran beings. Uh, Vegans are known to be pacifists, so when Caucasian Lyrans arrived on Earth and started trouble, the Vegans fled and Earth became just a Lyran colony. The next Lyrans we're talking about are the Giants. These are the big old muscular Lyrans, taller than the Caucasians or the Vegans. And uh, some sources suggest that the Giants may be the oldest humanoid race in our galaxy. The Giants are similar to humans in that they are physical as opposed to ethereal. In other words, the Giants exist in the same dimension as humans on Earth. The Giants are allegedly the same Giants who make appearances in human mythology, including the Nephilim in the Bible, which we've discussed on this podcast before. And uh, Lissa Royal is an author and a channeler. And according to Lissa, through channeling the group consciousness known as Germain or channeling the uh, Pleiadian, 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 like from the Pleiades, being known as Sasha, the giants encouraged <laughs> the giants encouraged early humans to worship them like gods. Okay, so according to Lissa, she channeled some people and Sasha, and she, including Sasha, and the giants encouraged early humans to worship them like gods. Uh, right. Uh, then uh, there are uh, redheaded Lyrans, some of whom are giants, and some of whom are regular sized Lyrans. These redheaded Lyrans have red hair, obviously. Uh, the redheads also allegedly made it into human mythology, supposedly in Norse mythology specifically. The redheads apparently sprang from some giants who went to explore the galaxy. These wandering giants arrived on a planet where the natural state of the planet encouraged the development of red-tinted hair. The redheads are known to be aggressive and passionate with a taste for rebellion. Ooh, wee. All right. So these are all fairly human-like extraterrestrials, you know, uh, bipedal, you know, they got human features, head, arms, toes, feet, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. So let's dig into some more exotic types, Andy. That's what I want to get into. Starting with bird-like Lyrans. Your favorite. You know I don't like birds. Yes, these are the Lyrans who are mammals but have frail bodies and sharp angular facial features and hair that looks like feathers. Allegedly, these bird-like Lyrans are the genesis of bird people that appear in early, in Earth mythologies like Egyptian and Sumerian. 
Uh, these Lyrans are very intellectual, spending their time in scientific and philosophical pursuits. The bird-like Lyrans are primarily ethereal beings, and the bird-like bodies are the result of these Lyrans selecting a bird ancestor to be the life form they utilize to develop physical bodies on their planet. After their bird-like bodies developed to a point, uh, these Lyrans decided to start crossbreeding with reptiles. This created the, a race of reptoids from the Draco system, who allegedly make up the ranks of the powerful elite on Earth, which we've also mentioned on this podcast before. That's right. Uh, and finally, we come to the f- the final variety of Lyran, uh, the feline Lyrans. Ooh, uh, some meow. S- meow, baby. Some sources say that the feline and bird-like Lyrans both arrived in our universe at the same time. Uh, according to uh, blogger Prenicini Peruke, okay. I'm guessing, uh, the feline extraterrestrials fully completed their universe and 45 felines volunteered to come to our universe to help set it up and oversee its progress. The felines are humanoid. Do not call them cat people. Okay. They well, don't like that. Okay, okay. They just have cat-like features and long mane-like hair, and their bodies are covered in peach fuzz. But they're humanoid, damn it. Jeez. The felines are ethereal beings, mostly residing in the fourth dimension, though possibly in the fifth dimension as well. Someone called uh, Wiley Brooks. Right. They're in the age of Aquarius. Uh, they're known to travel our universe, taking interest in assisting other races, like humans, achieve ascension into other dimensional existence. Like other Lyrans, the felines also allegedly had a hand in engineering humans on Earth. So their oversight of us is almost paternal. The felines are also known to be routinely in conflict with the reptoids. Feline Lyrans, and possibly other Lyrans, can reincarnate after death, so many of them have lived past lives. Now, reincarnation is an important point here, Andy. The ability to reincarnate means that there could be Lyrans living among us. And, in fact, some people think that's the case, Andy. Some people claim to be able to channel the Lyrans and tend to think that they have this ability because they are reincarnated Lyrans themselves. So, do you think you might be a Lyran? If you do, let us help you by listing some qualities that are typical of Lyrans. If you have these, you might just be a Lyran. And to review these traits, please welcome our special guest, Jeff Foxworthy. Wow, Jeff Foxworthy. If you feel drawn to metaphysics and the paranormal, well, you might be a Lyran. If you are intelligent and have knowledge in a wide range of subjects, you might be a Lyran. If you are a natural leader, then you might be a Lyran. If you are promiscuous, you might be a Lyran. You might also want to consult a doctor. (laughs) If you feel like you have a mysterious purpose or mission in life, then you might be a Lyran. Wow, thank you, Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy. Foxworthy. Wow. <laughs> oh, he just scampered off. Yeah, just... Oh, well, there he goes. Up. He's going up the walls. Wow, he's climbing up through, <laughs> through a vent. You heard it here her first, folks. Jeff Foxworthy... Is a reptoid. He has spider-like powers. <laughs> he covers us in webs. Hashtag Jeff Fox- Foxworthy for Spider-Man. <laughs> Marvel Universe. Are you listening? 
Disney. Uh, anyway, listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this journey to the stars today. If we've learned anything, it's that maybe our universe isn't as empty as we think it is. But what do Art and I think about the Lyrans? Are humans the product of their extraterrestrial intervention and engineering? Are, human be- are humans being evaluated and encouraged by these benevolent extraterrestrials to ascend to the next plane of existence? Or are we, after all, just stranded passengers on this orbiting rock? A happy accident in the cosmos. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Say, I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, 71.2, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research into uh, Lyrans and uh, all the different variations of them. Andy, what do you think? What do you think about these Lyrans? You think they're cool? Think they're lame? Um, you know, I'm gonna say something. Oh boy, uh, about about Lyrans. Oh boy. Uh, you know, are they cool or are they lame? Uh, they're kind of lame, to be honest with you. A bit. I mean, you know, it doesn't really get my rocks off if these are like humanoid aliens. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very know, unimaginative. Yeah. It doesn't really like, doesn't really like pique my interest yeah. that much. I mean, I guess it's like they're ethereal and benevolent and all this. And I guess that's cool. That's nice. Yeah, it's cool. But, but where's the tentacles? Yeah, I want where's like the eye stalks. I where's want like teeth? a sentient cloud of gas or something. <laughs> that's the kind of alien I'm after. That's the extraterrestrial I want. That's the kind of that's the kind of guy you are. Yeah, I am a sentient cloud. I of think gas. David Bowie was an alien, and David Bowie sang a song called "Cat People," so therefore, Lyrans are real. Checkmate. Oh, checkmate atheists. <laughs> checkmate atheists. Art's got you. Um, no, I don't know. I, you're not allowed to call them cat people. I think the cat Lyrans are obviously the most. I mean, the fact that they're ethereal is kind of cool. The uh, the feline and the bird like Lyrans are yeah. the two that seem to be the most powerful in uh-huh. a way. Um, but I'll say this, Art: the source material is limited. 
for these things. And there's a lot of different variations. And I think it's worth mentioning how people become, how information on this this race of extraterrestrials is gathered. Yeah, because they're getting a little, uh, they're a little too weirdly closely related to humans. Yeah. With the distinction between light and dark skin and like, yeah, there's, it's getting there's, a little weird. There's, there's some of this stuff that's sort of bordering on racist. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, and it feels that way. And I, that's probably the genesis of it. Um, Cause you know, we talked about this with Atlantis too. When sure. you get to some of these more esoteric topics, there is a fair amount of racism yeah. in it. Anytime it comes to like, Oh, there was a great race of people a long time ago and they got wiped out. It's like, People come in and they, they hear that and they go, master race of people? And it's yeah. like, no, 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 calm down. Go back. <laughs> yeah. Go back to your hovels. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, the Lyrans, in a way, are like the master race of our galaxy. Sure. Yeah, they and they they spawned every other, you know, fucking... Um, you know, but the, the way that people race. become really aware of this, I mean, we've talked about we've talked about channeling before on this podcast. Oh, we've, yeah. we've mentioned the the Arcturans before, which were uh, famously um, like defined by the uh, somewhat famous channeler Edgar Casey. Yeah. Who maybe someday Mr. Bunker will let us do an episode on Edgar Casey. Maybe. Um, but the like channeling is basically where. You you go into a trance like state or something, and humana, 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 it's sort of like being a medium. Yeah. Uh, is really what it is because you're you're basically like you become a vessel. You become a vessel for the 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 consciousness of of something else. And like Lissa Royal, um, she you know claims to channel this group consciousness of Lyrans uh, known as Germain. So it's like uh, it's not just one entity it's, sure. it's like a group but it's one consciousness uh and then also this uh uh what is it a pleiadian uh yeah. who's known as sasha 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 yeah sasha fierce yeah you say it you say sasha like you're like you're doing your australian accent sasha sasha sasha's a real shayla eh uh say you know the bogan say sauce sasha ate sausages by the seashore Sasha ate sausages by the seashore. <laughs> there we go. That's nice. Dunny. Staggy. Anyway, I uh, got my phones. Uh, you know, I appreciate the distinction between ethereal and non-ethereal. I think that's fun. And sure. we've always been ones to push the boundaries of what we think aliens look like or exist like. And, you know, this this thought that they exist on our dimension, and they also look like us. They're also bipedal in every way. I don't always buy into that. Yeah, I mean, I I think ethereal is kind of cool. Yeah, but we don't really have any good evidence that suggests that existing in other dimensions is even possible. I mean, right. Once you get to that point, you sort of have to accept the multiverse hypothesis, right? Uh-huh. You have to accept that there are. Multiple universes and, uh, and and things like that, and and you know, I, I like I think that people that people that that believe in the Lyrans, they believe in the multiverse. Yeah. Like in fact, I mean, the feline Lyrans and the bird-like Lyrans are allegedly older species or races that came from a different universe into ours. And I like to think that creatures tend to adapt to their environments, so it's obvious that these. Lyrans adapted to a world filled with 
stinky sandboxes and scratching posts as tall as trees. Right, yeah. And they like to, you know, knock shit off of a table like, you know, an actual asshole cat does, like mine. Right. You know, or maybe they... Maybe they piss on their favorite towel because they stupidly knocked over a box over their second litter box, which, uh, you know, they took a huge shit in the first one. So they had no other choice but to piss on their favorite towel, which is sitting on my carpeted floor. Huh? You think the Lyrans do that, Andy? Listeners, we've stirred up something dark and deep within art. (laughs) My cat has two litter boxes. He took a fat shit in one of them, Listen, and then he knocked a box me. over the other one, so he couldn't use either one, and so he pissed on his favorite towel. Art's going into a blind rage. Listeners, please send help. <laughs> I need to get out of the bunker now. Huh? You think the Lyrans do that? Huh? I, I pissed on an, a towel in the bunker. Art's going <laughs> to hit me. Quit pissing on towels. Anything, piss on a sponge. <laughs> Wait, why is that better? Oh, a sponge soaks up stuff way better than a oh, towel. Oh, God. Uh, do you think these Lyrans like to uh, jump on the uh, the headboard of my bed and then jump on my fucking face in the middle of the night? Maybe. They're promiscuous. Because they think it's uh, three in the morning is playtime? Maybe. They're promiscuous, Art. Cat likes to walk across me in the middle of the night. That's what he likes to do. He will, like, like, like he's like walking across like a mountain range. Like, he'll jump on the bed and then walk over you. Walk over my girlfriend and then fucking leave and then just keep doing that over and over again. He's a little fucking piece of shit. <laughs> well, he sleeps for 16 hours a day. He's got a lot of pent-up energy. I guess so. But anyway, back to my point. <laughs> Wait, what was your point? I think I think creatures tend to adapt to environments. Oh, right. <laughs> so if something is bird-like or cat-like, there has to be a reason for it. Mm, yeah. You know? Well, I think that would be the argument here is that whatever the planet, you know, like with the redheaded Lyrans, for example, I mean, they don't have souls. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They're the one Lyrans without souls. That's why they're so angry and rebellious. Uh, you got they, a little redhead Lyran in you. Yeah. Would you like to? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but no, they. that's like the thing with them is that they say they they migrated to a planet. They're an offshoot of the giants. The giants went a wandering across the galaxy, landed on a planet where the conditions encouraged red hair. I mean, I don't know what kind of conditions would encourage that where that would be like biologically an yeah. asset to have red hair. But sometimes I mean, animals do stuff for weird reasons. But we're know. talking about, you know, intelligent beings. Sure. Like I would say at this point in human evolution, hair color is almost a non-factor unless it has something deep rooted in our subconscious to do with like mating choices, mm-hmm. you know, that you have, oh, biologically people are attracted to, you know, I don't know, brown mates or blonde with, with or, dark hair yeah. that are, you know, styled in a comb over. You just mentioned uh, both of our hairstyles. Oh, did I? <laughs> wow. I mean, just picking any hairstyle out of the blue <laughs> that people are pretty attracted to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I don't think other hair color, like, I mean, plus we have the ability to change our hair color. It's true. So I don't think there's so much of an evolutionary 
okay. advantage to it. Sure. I mean, and I would say these. But there's got to be a reason they're so aggressive. There's maybe an evolutionary reason they're so aggressive. I mean, some of the sources, which listen, listeners will have this all in the show notes, of course, the research. Um, you know, some of the sources tend to say that um, this was these were explorers in a way. And so maybe that same itch that led them to explore led them to be a little more rebellious. Uh, they saw the giants more as like parents uh, and they were sort of like children and they just had a natural bent for some independence and, and freedom. Okay. All right. I knew that a little bit. Sure. Um, But, you know, I don't know. This, this all kind of reads to me like, Sonic the Hedgehog fan fiction. <laughs> Speaking of which, where's the Sonic the Hedgehog? Uh, where's the Hedgehog Lirens? Where's the Pony Lirens, huh? Yeah. Oh, my where little, my bronies at? My little Pony Lirens. My little Lirin, my little Lirin. That's right, Pony Boys. Art's one of you. No. <laughs> He's a brony. I'm not a brony. <laughs> Don't, eh. Arts Arts enjoyed My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I've seen a few episodes mm-hmm. when it first came out. Sure. Don't watch it anymore. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Because you were worried about the social stigma. No, not even that. It just got uh, just got weird. <laughs> Things got weird, man, with those bronies. Wait, what happened? Oh, with the bronies. Oh, it got so bad. Bronies were creating um, tulpas of the ponies. Tulpas? Yeah, that's where you, like, meditate and focus so much that you create a physical manifestation of you have an imaginary friend that looks and feels real to you. These people were creating physical, like not it's not real, but like uh, essentially it's like a, a hallucination that you believe. Hallucination. Hallucination. Sasha. Uh, <laughs> that you believe is real, that uh, they would actually see of their ponies. You know, you could enjoy a TV show without getting involved in the internet community associated to the TV. Well, show. I mean, it was like a, it was a children's TV show. It's no Gravity Falls, let me tell you. <laughs> now, Gravity Falls is a children's cartoon show that I think anyone can enjoy because the humor in it is—it's uh, like SpongeBob. It's—it's it's just fucking funny. Like it just is at its core. You know, it's a cartoon I think everyone can enjoy. The Simpsons. <laughs> there it is. I don't know why I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons so much growing up. I just think it got this bad rap for being like a naughty show or something. What do you think? Uh, you grew up more when it's it's heyday. I mean, by the time I was really able to watch it, it was like and understand it. It was supposed to be edgy and it sort of flew in the norms of I mean, I guess uh, what people felt like was the way that a family should act on TV because they were kind of crude and... Yeah, he would choke Bart. Right. There was, you know, child abuse and elder (laughs) abuse and, uh, you know, alcohol abuse and (laughs) drug use. Well, yeah, Itchy and Scratchy were pretty violent. Yeah. Tom and Jerry is violent. Yeah, Itchy and Scratchy, that's, I mean, that's the joke is it's a cartoon that exists within that world. And I mean, I think that's the hypocrisy. Right. That's, That's why they, that's how they use it. Yeah. Is as the the hypocrisy of the whole thing. It's like if I were watching Looney Tunes, everyone wouldn't bat an eye, but right. it's like fucking Elmer Fudd shotgun blast Daffy Duck to the face. And let's not forget the racism. Oh, well, yes, and that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it just, 
you know, it's like they was not super well received by some more conservative yeah. people. But I think if you go back and look at it now, it's like so tame. It's just it's just it's like, yeah, it's tame. And, and it's a cartoon at the end of the day. Right. But it was on a prime time, you know, like it had a good spot in the lineup and stuff. So people had a reaction. Okay. Uh, let's swing it back to Laren's here, Andy. The pendulum uh, swings back. Um, Art, uh, you know, there's the there's this whole uh, idea that um, the Lyrans are the progenitors of basically all intelligent life in our galaxy. Um, you know, it's like the Lyrans um, are responsible for the Vagans and the Vagans and the Lyrans together are responsible for like the, I think the Orion people from the Orion constellation and, you know, Vagans had their oh, own offshoot. Oh, oh, oh Ryan, <laughs> human parts, humanoid parts. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, like there's other like Pleiadians are are from our Lyrans. Eh, I don't know, man. Like there's no way to disprove that. Sure. <laughs> but it's like the same thing. It's the same thing as saying like all any religion. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. The bird, the bird people are, or the bird-like Lyrans are, you know, Squaw. supposedly associated with like the Anunnaki. That's right. That we talked about a lot on this podcast. This is like, you know, people already say that like Anunnaki are the, uh, you know, they they created this. They helped the Sumerians along. Or mm-hmm. we we talked about this Irex Stargate. You know, mm-hmm. Anunnaki. Um, they, they came to Earth. They helped us along technologically. They mm-hmm. helped the ancient Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And now this is just some people saying like, well, and actually, you know, the Anunnaki had help from this other race of beings called the Lyrans. And it's like, there's nothing stopping me from saying, well, actually, I channeled uh, the race that helped the Lyrans and they're called the Arts. And the Arts were this great race of beings from even before the Lyrans time. Yeah. And people will be like, it's like the same, like you could just keep going up the chain. You know, one thing that's funny to me is I totally agree with you that you could pretty much say that you channeled anything and you could just make up any fantastic story that you want. It's so funny to me that, the, you know, I mean, and, and I guess it just depends on the way that you come down on this, yeah. what your feelings are, that so many people who channel channel sort of the same stuff, but the details are all different. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? They'll channel... There's feline Lyrans, but to some people, the feline Lyrans are the only Lyrans, you know, they are, and they came from another universe. Whereas other people say feline Lyrans are an offshoot of Lyrans and the Lyrans <laughs> just developed, you know, individually in their own, in this galaxy, yeah. but not, you know, from another universe. Um, so it's just, and some people, you know, the reptoids, you know, we've talked about David Icke's uh, philosophy on that before when we did our uh, Denver International Airport episode. I think that's where we brought that up for the first time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, reptoids are allegedly you know, part of this, you know, the New World Order. They are the Illuminati, the, 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 all the, you know, people in power, the powerful elites in the world are, right. you know, allegedly reptoids uh, that live underground and these are their human forms. And supposedly the Lyrans are in combat direct direct opposition to them uh, because their uh, philosophy is more 
self-serving uh, and the Lyrans is more benevolent. Right. Um, and, you know, so it's just interesting to me that so many people are channeling these being, but the, the, the it's angels and demons are different. Yeah. I mean, it's the same fucking thing. At the end of the day, you get down to it's, it's a, it's battle between good and evil. Yeah. You know, it just plays out in the stars as opposed to in our hearts. In these like ethereal psychic mind battles, I guess. I don't even know what their battles look like. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Cause these are all like, you know, dimensional shifting beings as well. So in some sense, a lot of the things that happen are way beyond the scope of our comprehension because it's in dimensions we can't even access at this point in our development. If um, if it's even something that's possible. If. And there's so many ifs. If, if, if. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not super hot on this. Uh, Ooh, wow. I think some of our listeners would beg to differ. Meow. <laughs> what do you mean? You are super hot. <laughs> on this. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, hey, uh, here's a fun thing that just kind of sparked me from our discussion. Uh-huh. Um, one of the sources, the blogger whose name I had pro- trouble pronouncing. Okay. Um, one of those sources. That source, yeah, thank you. Uh, said that the feline's planet in the Lyran system, where they are from, is called Avion, A-V-Y-O-N. But the channeling that they're doing, the 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 entity that's being channeled says, but that's not really how you say it or spell it, but it's close enough. And it's like, well, why would, what's the point? Like, why not just... What what's closer than that? We have a whole variety of humans can make a lot of sounds and spell things in a lot of different ways. Why would you just pick a random name and then be like, well, that's not really it, but it's close enough. Close enough. Like, well, what is it then? Describe it. Oh my god. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. That's just one thing that like tickled me so much because it's like, I mean, you. I mean, if you don't, you already got there. You're channeling this. Like, why won't they just tell you what it actually is? Why the sleight of hand on this? You wouldn't understand it. <laughs> well, let me tell you. This is a way. <laughs> it's made up of sounds so complicated, so interdimensional, your brain wouldn't even be able to handle it. Jeez. I, I mean, that might be true. You know, they, they might have sounds and things that we can't process. I I can't give you an example because uh, I don't can't process them. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's more the audacity to just then make up a name. <laughs> yeah, it's close enough. And why a name that's so difficult to pronounce? <laughs> why not just call it Planet Number One? I mean, Avion. As that doesn't make for good lore, Andy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But hey, that gets to another point. Yeah, we talked about Lyrans kind of not being cool. We've had this discussion before. Uh. If they have a name of a planet that we, it's in a language or it's using sounds that we can't comprehend or we can't perceive. Right. We, why, why, we always talk about this. Why does nobody ever, why are there no extraterrestrials that are ever in, in a way we just can't comprehend? Like extraterrestrials could be out there and we can't perceive them. We've talked about this before and I was getting at that. Our that, senses just aren't attuned to That's it. why I like the distinction between ethereal and non-ethereal because there might be fucking aliens that we just don't understand and we can't perceive them. Yeah. Um, infrared aliens. We would have no idea. 
They could be floating <laughs> yeah, around. Exactly. Sure, we could catch them on cameras, but gamma fucking, like, I don't know. We're, beta waves, delta waves, some other <laughs> omega wave. I don't know. Like, yeah, like, what about aliens that exist that emit, like, that only reflect x-rays? X-ray yeah, light. yeah, or aliens that are, like, just sound waves or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, It's like a weird sound wave that just... Yeah. Travels around. I mean, those are the fuck. kind of things that if you told me about that, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> now, that's a freaking extraterrestrial. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, that you, is a Lyran. You know, some of these scientists have said that in other planets, you know, where there's more, uh, you know, does it, does everybody know how stars work? Do we all know how stars work? I mean, I, I know that they're giant balls of hot gas, but other than that, <laughs> that's why I'm a star, baby. <laughs> Uh, anyway, where I'm going with this art is the basic idea of a star is like, you know, it's it's there's like some element of gravity and energy that pressurizes this stuff and it all sort of compresses. Right. And stars start dark matter. We talked about hydrogen dark. and they compress yeah. it. They fuse it together to make helium. Uh, that's why when we talk about, you know, like there's two types of nuclear reactors we could go. We have fission reactors, which is where we split the atom. Right. It's splitting an atom creates a burst of energy. Right. It's a, it's a good amount of energy. It's a little uncontrollable, though. Um, but there's also the ability, we don't have it yet on Earth, to fuse atoms together. Right. Like, the, like a star does. And that creates a huge amount of energy. Massive. Yeah, more energy than fission does. Uh, and it's, you know, something that's more controllable, probably. Um, so stars are just basically giant fusion reactors, uh, essentially. And they're constantly fusing matter together. So, like, small stars will be fusing hydrogen into helium. And then as the star gets larger and more energetic, it'll start fusing that helium into whatever comes next. I don't know the periodic table. I'm not a freaking scientist here. <laughs> what am I, a goddamn chemist? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, people. What do you? F- I mean, I could look it up, but I'm not going to come in. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> then they start, you know, it just keeps going up and up and up. And so, like really heavy elements yeah. that exist on our planet. The only way that that can get here is by stars producing it. So these are like huge stars that are like compressing this matter and then they blow up and it gets In, scattered across dwarf, the universe. Yeah. And um, so some, some planetary systems may have more, you know, like on this planet, most life is based on carbon. Right. Um, but if we go to some other parts of the galaxy, maybe the predominant element there is like silicon. I was going to say that too. Did you watch the same thing I did? No. Probably that little video. I've watched a few videos with about <laughs> silicon, about silicon beings. Yeah, silicone. Yeah. Andy, you mentioned fusion and energy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, funny enough, when you... Uh, when you are fusioned into the couch, zero energy is expelled. <laughs> I don't know. Ask that to my couch cushion. I'm blasting fire. <laughs> You're farting on that couch? Yeah, it's a fart on the couch for sure. Get a whiff get a whiff of my couch cushions. <laughs> I don't want to smell your cushions. That'll reveal the truth. Um You won't need a channel for that. <laughs> There's this really neat video that and we'll get into this a little later, but we retweeted it. Um Oops. <laughs> from someone who uh was posting a clip from a really old, like, I think 1950s Disney animated weird short about, like, life on Mars. 
And it's kind of like they the clips show a bunch of fantastical creatures and alien species animated and brought to life. Mm-hmm. And examining how these creatures would live and adapt to a life on that planet. Yeah. Uh, for example, they kind of show how some creatures might harvest minerals from the planet's surface itself using uh, harsh digestive juices to break down the tough rocks and just eat the minerals. Um, but they also talked about what if beings were based not on carbon but on silicone. And they just kind of form these structures, these silicone structures together that are prismatic and um, uh, reflective and uh rainbow colored kind of and they build a silicone they build each other up during the day and during the harsh night they disintegrate and they you know I, I, things like that are just so much more appealing to me than uh this is a sonic the hedgehog this is the hedgehog race of artians and i can only i can channel them and you can't understand the name of their planet this is the hedgehog race of Artians. These are the My Little Pony race. Uh, here we have the SpongeBob race of Artians. They are very silly and uh, very uh, nonsensical, and they helped humans develop humor. It's kind of, this is the hedgehog race, Sonic the Hedgehog God race damn, of not Artians. A, not only are your extraterrestrials derivative, but you're going to get freaking sued, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're infringing on all kinds of intellectual property copyrights. My hedgehog race of Artians uh, helped humans develop a love for chili dogs and rings. <laughs> and rings. Gold rings. <laughs> and a hate for egg-shaped robotic robot developers. <laughs> robot, robot builders. <laughs> Scientists. With big goofy mustaches. <laughs> and rotund tummies. Um, I agree with you. You know? I just think it is I mean, and you know with, with these Lyrans, it's like, oh, it's it's like a human. But kind of looks like a cat a little bit. But it's not a cat. It just has small mouth. You can't still call them cat people. Why? Why not? Yeah. You're cat people. Who's that? Who's that? I can't say cat people. Yeah. It's because they're not. They're human. <laughs> okay. I mean, and I, I mean, maybe this is like a case of we're reverse engineering a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, well, if humans ended up here, then there must be some some way that they got here. If you believe that humans were just like genetically engineered, that you don't think that life could have human beings could have developed just on their own. Right. So maybe you think that, um, you know, there had to be some sort of humanoid source for the, de- <laughs> I'm moving my head. In a You're back way. Right a bit. Back and forth really fast. Maybe there had to be some sort of, you know, humanoid type of <laughs> people, DNA. People to give get fucking humans so much goddamn credit. And we are, we're cool. We're top of the food chain, but we you only- hear that lions. <laughs> We've only been around for like a fucking smidge of time. There was so much time before us where we evolved and we're developing and got our big ass fucking brains and our squishy bodies and our bipedal system. And yeah, I mean, if you talk about shed all of our hair evolutionary success, uh, I mean, what dinosaurs were the primary, the primary like type of creature, the top of the food chain for like 65 million years or something, 165 million or something like that. I mean, we're a blink of an eye. Yeah. I mean, you can't even say that we were, we haven't, we've only stopped being apes for like 2 million years. That's why we all have Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. You do, especially you have a lot of it. Well, you have that really, uh, 
high bridge, high brow line. Yeah, I've I have my brow furrowed a and lot. And you live in a cave. <laughs> look, that you're was scared of fire. That was look. Everyone should be scared of fire. <laughs> I live in a cave because I'm not allowed inside my home anymore. Well, you keep, and you know that you keep taking trips without your fucking family. The government made me. <laughs> you farting on the cushions. Your 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 apartment was condemned because of your fucking farts. They're my cushions. I can fart in them if I want. Uh, listeners, Andy's actually been contracted by a lot of uh, fumigating uh, companies to uh, rid houses of uh, 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 cockroaches and other pests by just uh, they they seal up the house and then they just let Andy live in it for a little while and they give him a bunch of beans. Actually, beans only produce loud farts. Smelly farts come from proteins, so they feed eggs. you eggs yeah, and beans. They feed you a lot of eggs, beans, steak. And I could go. I could go for a big old scoop of beans. Uh, You're a bean freak with steak and a fry, you, runny egg on top. Listeners, you don't know this, but I know this because I know Andy. He's a bean freak. Uh, lis- listeners, you're a freak for listeners, beans. Listeners, if you're not eating beans, you are foolish. Because here's the thing: beans are maybe the most nutritious thing you can eat. Really, they are packed full of vitamins and oh. fiber. Uh, Pretty sustainable protein. Very sustainable. Uh, beans are delicious. They really can. If you just like take a can of black beans, you wash them up, you know, and you just put them in some rice. Yeah, just set the can in the shower for a few minutes. (laughs) Groom them up, shave them, fucking, you know, put, give them a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Prozac or not Prozac. uh, What? What's that fucking acne medication I used to use? Uh, It started with a P. Accutane. I used Accutane, yes, but that is way more intense than you can't get that over proactive. The proactive, yeah, you know, wash them up, give them a shave and a shower, and put those beans in some rice. Really, you can like fucking the can, proactive gives it its spice. Yeah, you can make some. You can take boring ass plain white rice and just add some black beans. You know, and add the add mm. the juice in there too. Fuck it, I prefer brown rice. Fuck off. What about purple rice? Rice is cool. Yeah, I got no problem with it. Wild rice, wild. Um, but I sincerely, I am a big advocate for beans. Oh yeah, and I typically don't even use canned beans. We you soak mostly dry. Yeah, you soak your beans. I like I like dry beans. You just eat them dry. Yeah, just straight out of the bag. That's disgusting. Can't, once you pop, you can't stop. They're I so just, hard. Once you mow, yeah, yeah, my teeth are a mess. <laughs> Um, what would be some evolutionary benefits to being part cat? You know, there's these feline lyrans, lyrans. Uh, you gotta think there's some benefits, but there's some. I think we gotta understand the the habitat, the planet. Yeah. You know? Um, your hearing would be way better, but that would also kind of suck. Well, be hearing shit constantly. Let's 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 say this too. The feline, the feline lyrans could be in a similar situation to the bird-like lyrans, where they're mostly ethereal, and then they and just, they just happened yeah. to select a a bird or a feline ancestor because it was a prominent species on the planet where they inhabited, and then that just became the physical form. But primarily, they're existing in another dimension, and this is just the physical manifestation of their consciousness. So it could be that there's no real evolutionary benefit at all; that it's just a a happenstance. 
A cat-human hybrid, though, would be interesting. It would be interesting. Your eyesight would be great, but you'd be farsighted. Um, Cats are farsighted. Wow. Um, the, uh, is that the one where you can't see up close? Uh, far, yeah, yeah. It's where you yeah. see better far away than up close. Yeah, they get, cats don't see well up close. That's why they have their whiskers, help them navigate. And that's why you shouldn't put your you shouldn't you shouldn't do that to any animal. Really, shove your hand in its fucking face. But that's why you're supposed to hold your hand out gently, far you know far enough away from the cat. Let it see, and then come sniff and understand. So you. That's how you properly pet a cat. You don't mm-hmm. just fucking shove your hand in its face. No, when I pet an animal, I go hard in the paint. I get right <laughs> up in that face. Grooming would stay relatively the same, really, if you think about it. Yeah, I lick myself now to get clean. I was going to say, the the ability to lick our own assholes, which is a new experience for most, but not for you, Andy. No, no. I, uh, I have paid plenty of people to lick my asshole. Wait, you meant me licking my own? Yeah, asshole? you're licking your own, like oh, cats do. Oh, yeah, I've done that too. You just but plop on the floor and just start licking. More fun to have somebody else do it. <laughs> I'm double jointed in the hips, so it's easy. Listeners don't know this, but I know this because I'm sitting across from Andy. Very flexible man. <laughs> yeah, right now my body's in the shape of a pretzel, <laughs> and you are covered in mustard. Yeah, just mustard and kosher salt. Yeah, big old salt crystals. Just, it's a good look for you, Andy. Yeah, it looks how I feel. <laughs> Like a big old soft pretzel. Like mustard and salt. I prefer cheese dip for my pretzels, but Mm. I like mustard too. Mm, I could go either way, honestly. I think I'd like to switch it up. Give me both. Yeah. Yeah, let me me decide. Give me both. Um, All right. Well, Andy, I don't really have anything else to say on these Lirans. You know. It all, it all, like I said, it all depends on how you come down. Do you think that people can actually channel extraterrestrial beings from other planets? Um, or do you think that it's just kind of, it's kind of a nothing? It kind of gets into simulation theory a little bit too. I mean, everything revolves around simulation theory in some fucking way, right? It's like, are the Lyrans the, these uh, highly intelligent super beings that have created a, a consciousness? And we're at just a big old simulated experience that they're kind of uh, playing God in, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, Lyrans came here to colonize this planet. Right. Is the story. And they spliced their own DNA splooged. into... Splooged. They... Banged a chimpanzee. Yeah, splooged into the primordial ooze. And then these, you know, they they made this hybrid. They took they took what they saw on the planet to make a unique planet hybrid. And then through our own devices, we've, you know, crossbred these specific creations to mm-hmm. make the, you know, diverse human race we see today. They fucked and chucked. Fucked and chucked. Um, well, Andy, unless you have anything else to say, I think we can get to our verdicts. Yeah, I think we could dive to the verdicts. All right, hit me. Um, all right, so... Ow, fuck, Andy, ow, I didn't mean like that. <laughs> yeah, you got what you deserved. <laughs> so I'm going to say, with with respect to the Lyrans, um, I guess the real question here, because we've got to decide what we're going to make a verdict on. Sure. Is, do they exist? Yeah. I, I think that's the big question, is... 
do we believe this? I don't really. Um, if I'm going to give it a plausibility scale, I'm going to give it plausible molecule. I think that's the right place for me because I don't know, you know, channeling is an interesting skill sure. that people have, but I just don't know how much I believe it at the end of the day. And, you know, this is one of those topics where, I mean, it could just, it would be, it's like, uh, you know, there's so much that's the same. So you kind of say, well, maybe that's because there's something out there, but there's no real other evidence that suggests that there's this ongoing thing. You know, everything is so, well, you only, you can only be aware of it once you're ready to be aware of it. And it's like, well, that's kind of convenient. Yeah. That's but there's very, no, there's nothing I've ever yeah. noticed that where it's like, oh, well, that's weird. That's a very convenient entry step into your right. Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's almost like a multi-level marketing <laughs> yeah. type of situation. Like you, we'll teach you about the Lyrans, Then you teach three friends yeah. about the Lyrans, Then they'll teach three friends. This is the MLM of fucking alien <laughs> species. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, I, I mean- and I don't think that people that believe in this stuff are like shysters or right. I genuinely think that they believe it. And I don't think there's really any harm in it. Sure. I just, it just doesn't convince me. Right. And then, so I'm going to say plausible molecule because right. you know what, at the end of the day, you don't know what's out there. And I do really strongly believe that our universe is teeming with life. And almost certainly some of that has to be intelligent life. Sure. Um, you know, maybe we'll talk about it in another episode someday if Mr. Bunker so wills it. But uh, we we read something recently that was very interesting about why we haven't found extraterrestrial life. Right. And I think there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there about different reasons why. Even though we kind of feel like we should have, we haven't encountered any other intelligent. We're not there yet. Uh, races or species within our our universe. Astutely put, Andy. Uh, I'm with you. I think plausible molecule, because you know, there's. I can't disprove it. Uh, do I think people can channel them? I don't know. Not really, because I have no way of. I just gotta straight up believe someone. I don't believe people most of the time. Even when they're telling me straight facts. Yeah, you have to have faith with this one. They go, hey, don't lean over the Grand Canyon. You're going to fall in. And I go, hmm, we'll see. Okay, well, fuck you. Let me just lean over here and see. I think it's all full of glass. And then it turns out it's not. You actually fall and you hurt yourself. <laughs> so, you know, you got to live life, Andy. But I, I'm not just not, I'm not into the lyrics. I'm not. I'm sorry. Like, the idea of, like, these super beings that splooged and then fucking ran that, uh come dumped and then got the fuck out. You know, I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I'm not into them. I like that. They're, I like the distinction between ethereal and not, but you're just copying and pasting. You literally, Mm -hmm. you copied and pasted Anunnaki and you changed the names. (laughs) That's what you did. (laughs) Well, yeah. And even, even one of the sources mentions the Anunnaki. So it's like, they kind of just maybe co-op that and say like, well, you know, like Zechariah Sitchin's work. This is what actually, yeah. this is maybe like Zechariah Sitchin fan fiction here. Yeah, a little bit, right? Fanfic of the fanfic. Yeah. His his Sumerian uh, fan fiction was turned into even more fan fiction. <laughs> this is like the Zechariah Sitchin extended universe. Yeah, exactly. At least his has like some kind of history involved, whether or not he's 
It has a tether to the physical world. Yeah. It's like, even though it seems like he got it way, way wrong. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm with you on that. I also just don't, I just, I don't know. I like more fantastical and imaginative um, alien races than ones that look like humans. But yeah, I guess to explain why we look the way we do, you'd have to look like how we do. Um, But, you know, we talked about our uh, human evolution episode. That's right. Episode two. Pigs and chimps. Pigs and chimps. I mean, so far, I got to tell you, that's the, that's the hypothesis that gets me up in the morning. <laughs> Every day. That's your morning, Wood. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously, though. The idea I, that I'm part pig or part chimp. <laughs> or both. 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 <laughs> uh, I, that's, that's just one that I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I have no way to refute or prove any of it. But it's really interesting. And I think it's more interesting than uh, a humanoid race of extraterrestrials that came here and just spliced in their DNA in a, like, dev- like I don't know, playing God type of scenario. Right. The idea that, you know, a pig grew up with chimps and then mated Fucked with one of the, the chimps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is... Looked at that pig one day and was like... Very interesting happening. and sexy to think about. And I <laughs> I feel like that is... I mean, that, that's that been... That's one of the... Of all the things we've talked about on this podcast, uh, that's probably the one that I think about the most as being like... I feel more plausible yeah. there than anything else. It could be a topic that we... Re-revisit one day. Re-revisit. But those are our verdicts, listeners... Let us know what you think about Lyrans. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at mrbunkerpod or tweet at us at mrbunkerpod on the Twitters using the hashtag. Plucking my Lyran. Plucking my Lyran. (laughs) Oh, my Lyran? Oh, my Lanta. Um, that was our verdict, listeners. So uh, now it's time for a regular segment. Andy, we're going to do some make ups We're going to do a little bit of make ups here, Art. I get something I want you to think about here. Okay. Um, all right. So put yourself in this position, okay? Okay. If you, if you were a benevolent extraterrestrial, extraplanet uh, astronaut, uh, and you could engineer a species. Maybe just you're a really talented scientist on this planet. Oh, hell yeah. If you could engineer any species, what would you create? Well, Andy, I kind of talked about it earlier, but that clip that I retweeted on our uh, Twitter mm-hmm. feed really is really fascinating, and I think you would get a kick out of it too. I got to watch this thing. got to watch it. And uh, they, they talk about a whole slew of cool, interesting creatures that – you know, this was from the 1950s, so they had no idea what was going on on Mars. Um, obviously, it's not teeming with life like uh, they show it to be, but uh, it could. We don't know, you know. But one of the creatures that they, they show, and I think is so cool because I've never seen anything like this, is it kind of looks like a little UFO creature. Like, it's um, it's a flying saucer-shaped creature. The centerpiece of this creature is a spherical orb piece. And it's kind of surrounded by 
almost like a tutu or a hula hoop of us kind of circular membrane right so uh mm-hmm. it, it flies through the air and it's uh its membrane can move and uh almost like a manta ray or a skate or uh some other kind of ray like uh creature the, the flaps of this membrane um and the way it hunts is it uses the center orb to concentrate the power of the sun as one would with a magnifying glass to kill prey and you know uh, I just think that's so fantastical and cool. I mean, I have no idea if it's evolutionary viable or not, <laughs> like if that's a smart method, but I think I've never seen anything like that before. And I was like, that is so fucking interesting. Like this creature that's like, has developed this like membrane that acts like glass. Cause I don't know. I don't know why. And it can concentrate the sun to a, a thin point and, from up in the air, it can literally shoot a laser beam of the sun, essentially, onto a creature and kill it. Yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking dope. Yeah. That, or I would engineer shark people. <laughs> you just go straight ahead, shark people. So I can make a live action street sharks. Awesome, baby. <laughs> I think the other obvious answer is Ninja Wait, Turtle people. You would you would engineer a race of shark people. Hell yeah. Just so that they could become actors in a live action street shark. That's right. No CGI. These are actual shark hybrid people. <laughs> Our lives are suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle to breathe. We should be in water. <laughs> the other obvious answer, Andy, is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle people. All oh, right, of course. But that requires engineering turtle people and ninjas at the same time. Well, so there's no, a lot no, involved. No, no, no Andy no, does. No, you just teach them the no, ninja No, Andy, because you have to cultivate and reproduce until they start having ninja genes innately. <laughs> Wait, you're going to get a lot of duds. Being a ninja is a genetic thing? Yeah, it can be. It can be. It's a genetic marker. To be sneaky and quick and elusive. So you just want to you just want to engineer a race of ex- especially nimble. Yeah, nin- turtle people. Nimble Ninja Turtles. Nimble Ninja Turtles. I've liked sharks for a long time. (laughs) Sharks are prehistoric creatures, evolutionary marvels. They haven't changed in fucking years because they've got it down. Right. Andy, insanely good predators. They'll eat fucking anything. You know, a human plus a shark is a deadly combo. You put human eyes on a shark. Good night, bro. Human eyes on a shark. That's the shark's weakest point is its eyesight because it doesn't need strong eyesight in the ocean. It's dark down there. They just need big fucking black pupils of death. And uh, they have a great sense of smell. Checkmate, humans. You're done. Human eyes on a shark? Here, Andy. Here's my question. Street sharks versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Who wins? Um, I think street sharks. The I, I Street th- sharks. Sasha. Street sharks. Street Sharks! <laughs> street Sharks! <laughs> Can I? If there's ever a reboot of the Street Sharks uh, show, which inevitably there will be because they reboot everything. Can I do the theme song? <laughs> street Sharks! <laughs> street Sharks! <laughs> street Sharks! <laughs> I, 
I was tempted to go initially right away Teenage with Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles because of the weapons. But then I remembered the Street Sharks also have weapons like brass knuckles and stuff. Yeah, and they can like bite the ground and cause fissures and yeah. uh, fucking earthquakes. And the Street Sharks are like, even though they're sharks, they come up in my mind to be like really squatty. So they're, they're incredibly <laughs> stout. So they have, they're like dwarves in like... Tolkien <laughs> lore, like they're so the gravi- center of gravity has got to be so low, the Ninja Turtles won't be able to do anything. <laughs> Listeners, for those of you not familiar, please go on YouTube or Google Street Sharks. It was a animated program, I think, in the early mid nineties. You know, one of the Street Sharks had a gun, at least <laughs> one. They probably all were packing, yeah. and that would be the downfall of the Ninja Turtles is because a gun. The Street Sharks would not fight fair. <laughs> They would shoot the Ninja Turtles for sure. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles would all come out and then like fucking master, what's his name? Skeeter? Splinter? Yeah. Like, all right, ninjas, like, you got to take down these evil sharks and they all like pose. There's Raphael with his size and Leonardo's got his fucking staff or whatever. And the and the street sharks in front of them pull out guns. Yeah, and then, Tommy like, guns are just like, <laughs> three or four street sharks come from behind and like slit their throats with like butterfly knives. <laughs> Street Sharks! Splinter's Splinter's like, oh shit! Oh fuck, my My sons! (laughs) Listeners, for those of you not familiar, I'm assuming most people are familiar with TMNT, but Street Sharks was an animated program, I think that tried to copy TMNT in in some way about this. It was clearly (laughs) just a... I don't know which kid... It's one of those chicken and egg things. Was it a toy first or a cartoon first? I don't know. It was almost simultaneous. I in think my it was mind. about people who were literally engineered into shark human hybrids that I think that's right. They could swim in the concrete. Literally, they would swim underground yeah, yeah, and like yeah. break the concrete apart. And they all had there was like a hammerhead and a tiger and a great white shark and a Oh God, street sharks. Street sharks. And and uh Listeners, if you're not familiar, I mean, go look at some of the artwork. These street sharks were so jacked. They were so fucking ripped. I mean, just Google street sharks and you'll see. You'll get an image. Um, Yeah, they were fucking... And they rode motorcycles and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They were dope. Street yeah, sharks they, were fucking dope. Yeah, but they, they were... You're right. They're incredibly stout. Like, their heads... Are massive, bulbous. So the I, the I heads think, are like <laughs> at least forty percent of the body mass. <laughs> I think if the teenage mutant ninja turtles did manage to get one of them on their backs, they could stab them in the in in their chest. Ripster jab streaks, big slamu. <laughs> Doctor Robert Bolton <laughs> and Sir Thomas Bolton. <laughs> Oh, Sir Thomas Bolton, also known as Sir Sharks a lot. <laughs> Three seasons. Yeah, it didn't. It exist. was an American Canadian animated series, aired first in 1994, ended in 1997. Incredible. Wow. And, uh, and also, the Dino Vengers were in this universe, uh, a military unit from an exoplanet inhabited by anthropomorphic dinosaurs, allied with the Street Sharks. <laughs> Wow, get this, Andy. Here's a really interesting piece of lore. I didn't know this. Andrew Rannells, 
Andrew Rannells, uh, people might know him. He's uh, he's a he's a relatively relatively well known actor, uh, most famous for having the one of the lead roles in the original Broadway production of uh, the Book of Mormon. Oh, he was Elder Prince. He was Elder Prince, and uh, very famous for his role on HBO's Girls, um, as uh, Lena Dunham's friend. Uh, he played one of the voices of the sharks. <laughs> yeah, he was the lead role. He was Streaks. He was Shrimp Streaks. Louie. That's incredible. Uh, he also did voices in uh, Pokemon. Wow, I didn't know that. This is Yu -Gi -Oh. crazy. He's an accomplished voice actor before yeah. his Broadway debut. Sonic X. Hell yeah. He was the narrator. He did voices on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Holy shit. This is the holy grail of voice actors. My God. Listeners, please tweet at Andrew Rannells. Let him know what does he think. Street Sharks versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the characters that he played on both. Who would win in a fight? <laughs> we gotta we gotta know the answer to wow, this. Wow, he played himself on an episode of The Simpsons in 2016, <laughs> so I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, wow, well, that's a fascinating piece of trivia about Street wow. Sharks and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, listeners, let us know what you think. Who would win? Street Sharks or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, fascinating stuff, Andy. But. Wow. <laughs> he also played uh, Bob Gaudio in Jersey Boys on the uh, first national tour. He oh, has a replacement role. He's an incredible singer and actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, has obviously a lot of talent. Yeah. Not like us. <laughs> No, no, here we are, trapped in a bunker. <laughs> this is our only claim to fame. That's right. Well, Andy, it's about time to uh, head out of the bunker here. I think we've yeah, explored. Think we've been uh, out there and and back again. That's right. Um, Andy, do you have any final thoughts that you want to say in the Lyrans? We kind of, you know, we didn't mean to really take a dump on them, but. Yeah, you I, know. like I said, if if you believe it, hey, I'm all for it, you know? I mean, maybe you've unlocked something that we don't know about. I just wasn't convinced. But right. you know what? I hope when we find extraterrestrials, they're cool, cool as uh, hell. manta ray death. Death like orbs. Magnifying glass laser shooters. Yeah, yeah. Like you said. Yeah. That'd be cool. Watch that clip. It's on our Twitter feed. I'm gonna. Um, all right, listeners. Well, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my... Psychotronic co-host wow. Andy Hart. I'm Arthur Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. We come in peas. <laughs> Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.